Music often paints pictures in sound, as well as creating the feel of scenes and events. There are so many examples, but Benjamin Britten paints the various moods of the sea really powerfully in his Four Sea Interludes. 16th century madrigals are famous for word painting, where composers would arrange notes to illustrate the picture or sensation suggested by particular words. And words like colour, shade and tone are often used when talking about music. In the other direction, words like rhythm, noise or harmony are sometimes used to describe paintings and sculptures. Vincent van Gogh's painting is incredibly rhythmic, and so are the wild but brilliantly balanced spatter rhythms in a Jackson Pollock. Whichever way around you connect music and art, they have powerful effects on us, taking us on adventurous journeys, or telling us stories, or simply making us feel pleasure, or joy, or calm, or unease, or sadness. All life is there in these art forms. Welcome to another conversation about emotions in the arts. I'm Frances Butt, and I'm on a journey of discovery into all kinds of art and what they can do for our minds, bodies and spirits. And the more I've been thinking about these crossovers between music and visual art, the more I've been looking forward to talking to my guest, conceptual artist Elizabeth Michalides, who figures out ways to represent music and music scores visually in all kinds of amazing and beautiful ways. She's one of those people who can make things that make you go, wow, that's brilliant, I wish I'd done that. But of course you didn't, and even if you had, you'd never have got round to it, or it would never have been as good anyway. Here's a quote from Elizabeth herself. We make art to make sense of ourselves and the world. Well, ain't that the truth? But perhaps we also make more of ourselves and the world by making art. Here's a short clip of the music Elizabeth created from the outline of Johann Sebastian Bach's facial profile. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining me to talk about what you do. It's a real pleasure, Francis. Happy to be here. Let's start with a with a, a basic question. You wrote, and I was looking at your website, and you wrote that you you need to make art, you need to make art on an emotional level, and that when you haven't been able to make it, you feel a void. Um, can you explain that a bit more? What's missing when you can't make your art? Yes, I ju- I didn't make art for a number of years, and mm. I didn't realize how much um, I needed it until. I- I wasn't doing it until it wasn't there. And I think it's because I grew up always making art. It was a very big part of my life. Mm -hmm. And as such, it was kind of inherent. It was like a characteristic or a personality trait of mine. So by not practicing art for a number of years, I was kind of um, denying some part of myself. And it got to the stage where I just started feeling something's missing and that's where the kind of empty feeling was because I wasn't filling that creative well if you like Mm, mm. that's it and then when I started making art again I just started feeling better 
Very simple, yeah. Sorry, yeah, it just goes to show that um, you need to practice what you enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to do what what makes you feel better. What, yeah, what is that thing? What is that missing thing when it's not there? Uh-huh. It's kind of something that makes you feel like you're shining or something. It's an extraordinary, ephemeral yeah. and elusive word I'm looking here for. But um, yeah. Yes, a- I don't know it either, but definitely <laughs> it's something that we all need. And sometimes I think it's there from the start and sometimes we may find it along our journey in life. Mm. And for me, I think it was always there. Yeah. And that's interesting because it can change over time, can't it? You can discover something there. Now, this is the thing I want to be doing. And well, let's go back to your background. Can you tell us a bit about your background? Because we're talking about music and art in in your case. So, yeah. Did you start playing and drawing very early on? And so at the same time? Uh, Yes. Yes, I did. Um, I can't really remember the first time I picked up a pencil. I think I was very young. Mm. uh, But my mum used to tell me from the age of two or whatever, you know, she'd see me drawing little faces and I was always drawing it out. I remember um, these jumbo colouring books and activity books that oh, we yeah. used to get yeah. and I would always have one and it was such a joy. Yeah. So, I, re- I yeah, I remember the big colouring books. I was a bit older then. Yeah. Um, and also when I was four, apparently I was mesmerised by this BBC programme I don't remember it myself, but my mother told me that I was plastered to the TV screen watching this woman playing the piano. And um, from that point, my parents um, signed me up for piano lessons. I remember my first piano lesson as well. Do you? Do you? How old were you? I think I was four. Four, right. And it was a a young lady. Uh, It was kind of in this passage hallway, an upright piano. And I remember the very first lesson, she taught me the scale of C. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. Yeah. I'm glad it was a good teacher, didn't get you put off in the first lesson. No, do you know, I've been very fortunate with my piano teachers. Mm. Makes very a difference, hey? Makes a massive difference. Yeah, it, it really does. does. Did you play other instruments too, or was it was piano? No, I didn't actually. I wasn't, I wasn't really, yeah, I wasn't really taken or drawn to any other instruments. Yeah. Yeah. So you were always drawing and you were mm-hmm. playing piano. Did there come a point when you had to make a decision as to which way you were going to go to, to into studying art or to studying music further? Yes, they did. I was 14, actually, at the time. And perhaps that was young. Perhaps it wasn't. I don't. Yeah, maybe not. It was when I had to choose my O-levels. Yeah. And I just felt that. I had a bit more skill and talent, if you like, in art. Okay. And I thought that perhaps a career in visual art might be a little bit easier than <laughs> the easy route, yeah. <laughs> but also, I was I suffered terribly from stage fright, and uh, my hands are quite small, so I thought, oh, that would limit my repertoire. Hmm. So that's the choice I made. Yeah. So it wasn't a hard decision in that way, or was it? it uh, it wasn't too difficult. I was quite logical about it. Um, mm. Yes, it wasn't too difficult. But in hindsight, I could have studied both. You can do both at uni, I think. Although I think I you can more now, break. yeah. And you can do, yeah, you I mean, you can study things now that we probably couldn't years ago. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe the choice is a bit better. So who were your 
uh, inspirations when you were early. I, I noticed you mentioned Paul Clay on your website. Good choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but any other art, in, visual art inspirations, and then we'll go on to musical ones. Yeah, Clay was amazing. I mean, he was a virtuoso um, violinist as well. Right, yeah. He didn't have synesthesia, I don't think, like quite a lot of other painters. Mm. We'll talk about that. Yes. Um, and I, I liked I liked that because I'm not synesthetic, so I don't see colours when I hear music. And I liked his um, structural approach mm. as well. So Clay... From a musical painterly perspective, but also I like the conceptual artist, minimalist artists like uh, Sol Lewitt, who would do these large wall drawings. Mm. I love uh, geometrical designs mm. and the concept, more of the idea behind the piece of art and, and art that um, uh, can really appreciate the space and the concept, I guess. Yeah, I like uh, yeah, It shows in your work that you like the logical that you think logically and you work logically mm-hmm. and that's that's interesting and and Bach on the musical side of things would absolutely play into that because there's no more logical composer than than Bach mm-hmm. really but are there any other composers who um who float your boat um yeah so Mozart I mean when I was learning piano Bach, Mozart and Chopin were the, the okay. main composers yeah but now I enjoy, uh, again, like kind of the minimalist composers. Mm-hmm. So Philip Glass mm. and Steve Reich. Mm. And, of course, John Cage, because he was completely conceptual and he... But we're um, talking patterns, aren't we? And that, that's mm. that's very clear in what you do as well. Lovely. Yeah, great. Yeah. But let's talk about this synesthesia thing, because you said you're not, you don't have synesthesia. But I was thinking about this and this crossover between different forms of art or different kind of uh, senses. And it's like you're fluent in two different languages, really, in music and art, and you're translating between the two. You know, we learn to see pictures when we hear a piece of music or we we see a rhythm in somebody's painting or something. There is a sort of a synesthesia in, in that, in the crossover between different art forms. And I'm sure that some of it is learned rather than than innate, as I say, and you're bilingual or multilingual as well, aren't you? So talking about translating and different languages of things, you actually speak different languages as well. Yes, um, that's true. So I speak English, obviously, and um, <laughs> Greek, I'm Greek Cypriot, Okay. And I, and I speak French. Mm. And yeah, it's really interesting when you know different languages because you make those relationships and you can understand sometimes other languages because you know those languages yeah um so that I think yeah I think that has helped my um relating the visual side to the audible side yeah. and finding connections it is like um working with different intelligences isn't it different spheres of intelligence I mean there are all these different dif- definitions mm-hmm. of intelligence there's logical mathematical and linguistic and visual spatial and yes musical and I love that where you're you're smudging these scientifically defined lines really hooray for art because that's what it can do (laughs) yeah great so so yeah you're kind of translating music into drawing and drawing into music Mm -hmm. did you always play with that or when did you start tinkering around with that with those ideas I studied I did a foundation course in art and design at Central St Martins Mm. and then I went on to do a drawing, uh, a BA in drawing, specialising mm. in drawing. It was quite new at the time mm. uh, at Camberwell College of Arts. And it was in that first year I was trying to find my voice 
as an artist and discover discover and uncover what contemporary drawing was. Yeah. And it just clicked one day. I just thought, oh, hang on a minute. I've got this music background. Let's bring that in. Right. So because I think I was finishing, I'd finished my performance certificate or something like that. I was, this music was still very relevant. Yeah. Very there. And so I started using that and I did these large drawings and uh, very technical and I started drawing circles and I thought oh yes that could be like a representation of ripples of sound or something like Mm. that so I just started building connections like that brilliant and off you went (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) and you're still here going back to this logical and emotional thing because they they would seem to be separate things but I'm not sure that they are so much now you said that your your approach is more scientific and inquisitive than emotional Mm. Even though you said, you know, you, you emotionally you feel there's something missing when you're not working. So that's very interesting. <laughs> but you do find Bach's work deeply emotive, which, of course, it is. Even though that's very logical, too. Are you saying you go about your work in a pretty business-like way and without feeling particularly feely about it? Yeah, that's a very big, juicy question, I think. <laughs> um, I love contrast. Mm-hmm. It's within my work. So I think it's it's normal that I can be very emotional and very business-like but I don't think the word is totally business-like I like to have a system in place to follow right that assures that I'm on track yeah and it's the same with Bach he was very passionate I mean he wrote lots of church music so he had that spiritual side to him yeah so his work was extremely emotive but he had a very structured approach yeah and I think I always start from a very emotive beginning I have to like the music yeah that I'm going to work on yeah so yeah. if you start from a that kind of place then I think the work will ultimately be emotive anyway even if you use some kind of rigorous system yeah I mean you're, you're applying discipline to to get to where you want to be of course you mm. are so do you is it a kind of a meditative process for you when you're working you sort of get yourself lost in this process Yes, it's kind of meditative. Mm. Again, it's not really 100%. I don't really lose myself. I have to be very concentrated, actually. Right. Because I have to choose the right color code, for example, to the right notes. I can't lose yeah. my place. I'm reading the music as I translate it into color. Mm. Uh, this is with one specific type of work. Yes. I like the work behind me, the, the bars. The bars, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's meditative in that it's repetitive and it's kind of comforting. Mm, mm. But I I don't lose myself. I stay concentrated, if that makes sense. Yes, yeah. So you start with an emotive idea and then you go to work. And then when you've completed a work, do you stand back and how how does that go when you when you step back and you know it's done? Well, I feel um I feel like this it's an achievement. I guess it's like uh, when I used to play the piano and once the performance was finished, I thought, oh, yes, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy when I stand back and I look at the piece and I can see, I can, I can enjoy the different parts of it and say, yeah, it worked. You, and you, how are you with finishing and leaving alone and letting go? You know, Francis, um, I'm actually okay with finishing um it's starting that's the problem (laughs) (laughs) yeah because I'm thinking all the time how to best do it and Mm. I should just kind of plunge in yeah yeah get that first 
whatever it is, mark, idea, note. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask you about, um, you know, bars, for example, behind you, and I'll, and I'll send people links you know, in the text for this uh, podcast so they can see what you're doing. Um, but with your bars, wait, that's kind of grounded in keyboard grammar, isn't it, really? And I was going to ask you, but you, you asked, you answered my question earlier, whether you, whether you talk guitar tabs or, or um, violin, you know, four strings or trumpet valves or, you know, <laughs> again, there are different systems of thinking about the notes different ways of seeing sound um, mm-hmm. um yeah I, I don't use other notation for other instruments but I'm not saying no to it at the mm. moment it's piano music mm-hmm. um but it could be a future thing yeah I'm I'm open to that yeah great so you're always looking ways for different you know different directions to to make these yeah. connections yeah which Absolutely. you do can we talk about Bach's face <laughs> Yeah, because again, this is <laughs> this is going in the other direction, isn't it? Taking the outline of of Bach's profile, and then putting it across staves of music and creating musical notes from it. Yeah, wow, what a thing to do! <laughs> how did you come up? How did you come up with these names of uh, Dolce and Marcato and um, Total? The first piece was based on Bach's profile. I started with Bach's profile because, like I said earlier, I like contrast, and I had been creating visual from music so I thought let's create the music from visual yeah so the first piece was a Bach's profile that was the initial piece and then I made Marcato, Dolce and Total Mm. and again it was using Bach's face but Mm -hmm. there's contrast involved Marcato is signifying the more masculine oh a little bit cliche on my part but I wanted that the opposites. So right. marcato kind of means marked. Right. And I enjoyed having that um, musical terminology. Yeah. So marcato marked and dolce sweet. Mm-hmm. And that's represented by the colours that I chose. Yeah. And the, the dolce was completely a mirror opposite to marcato. Mm. And um, total is the overlaying or the amalgamation of them together. And I created a sound piece for all three. Right. Um, so you've also done pieces with Mozart and Beethoven, I believe. Oh, um, yes. Any other composers that you you would like to work with? Are, are there any composers, certain composers, better candidates for what you do, do you think? Than, I mean, you, you mentioned Philip Glass. and Do you know? It, it, yeah, it depends. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah. I don't think there is a, a specific good candidate mm. polyphonic music just helps with adding more layers mm. visually for me it's a good basis for me to work from mm. but um the other day I came across a new composer Amy Beach oh yes I've heard of Amy Beach I think I've heard Amy Beach on Radio 3 Amy Beach was the first woman composer to create a symphony I think it was called a Gaelic symphony Anyway, I think her work's beautiful and may, perhaps I could use oh, some of her music. Nice, nice, nice. And yeah. um, uh, what else is in the Oh, I've submitted my own face. Yes. <laughs> for you for scoring. I'm in August company with Mr. Bach. Yes. So I'm dying to know how that turns out. Yes, Very it's really exciting. I'm still waiting for more people, for the people who have said they want to take part to submit their images. Submit their features. No, it's going to be great, Francis. So that's. I can reveal a little bit about that here. So please do. Similar to Bach's profile, Mm. I want to take it a step further and use real life people's profiles. And this time, instead of just working with one face, I'll be working with several faces. Great. So I hope to create my own symphony 
and again I'm learning so I'm, I'm kind of a um oh what do you call it a lifelong is it lifelong learner something like that I mean aren't <laughs> we all by the way but um yeah well yeah I, I guess so we think we all think that everyone else has learned their craft and now is just doing their craft in this one where I think we're all just learning as we go I, uh, whatever right. it is we do I'm pretty sure so but that's the that's the adventure right it's lovely totally yes mm. it keeps mm. life interesting yes, yes so yeah that's what I'm doing at the moment and um got a few collaborations in the pipeline but excellent. that is yeah that's my big project at the moment exciting exciting mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. It's always interesting to um, to hear how people think and their processes and and their stories. And yours is a great story. I just love I just love what you do and um, love the mix. And I think you are living, working proof that we don't need to pigeonhole ourselves as this or that kind of artist, and that there's so much yes, you know crossover, crossover to enjoy, and we don't need to just pick one. <laughs> we can oh, have it all just, we can yeah. have it all yeah we can have it all just go out there and thank you so much for inviting me it's really oh, it's been, been wonderful it's been a joy thank you ever so much and i can't wait to see uh what you do next thanks so much thank you take care now bye that was more of bach's face I asked Elizabeth later whether she'd ever wondered what Bach would have made of his face music. She said she thought that perhaps, after doing a little analysis on it, he might have deemed it curious. I've kept thinking about synesthesia while working on this podcast, and also I've been practising saying it properly. Only about 4% of people have actual synesthesia, and there are several different types, but two of them are chromesthesia, seeing different colours when you hear different sounds, and even there's sound gustatory synesthesia, when different sounds produce different tastes in the mouth. I mentioned that one to my husband, and he said, you mean when you hear Indian music and you fancy a curry? Maybe not. But actually, all of us do mentally create cross-sensory connections all the time, consciously or unconsciously. We experience art, as we do life in general, in multi-sensory ways. And Elizabeth Michelidi's art has really raised my awareness of this, and I'm enjoying noticing more of these kinds of associations everywhere. She's harnessing that human propensity for making connections to create her brilliant and witty works of art. You can find her on Instagram, or check out her website, elizabethmichelides.art, and that's M-I-K-E, double L-I-D-E-S. And you can buy as well as see her work there. She also takes commissions from composers, turning sections of their music into beautiful bespoke pieces. I look forward to seeing what she might do with American composer Amy Beach's music. Beach spanned the 19th and 20th centuries and wrote the beautiful Gaelic Symphony in the 1890s. And I also wonder what Elizabeth will do with putting together the outlines of numerous people's faces, including my own. I'm wondering now whether my nose might sound anything like Bach's nose. My dad's definitely would have. Elizabeth's other musical influences included Philip Glass and Steve Reich, two of the most famous minimalists and pattern makers in music. 
And John Cage, she mentioned, is, is a category all of his own. So I won't even go there. Go and look him up. If you enjoyed our chat, there are other great ones available in this series on most podcast platforms. And if you subscribe on any of those, you'll see new episodes come up as they're released. If you'd care to leave a positive review saying what you've enjoyed, that would be amazingly welcome, because that's the very best way for the series to reach new ears. And there are plenty more great conversations on the way. So until next time, enjoy keeping all your senses open and alive to whatever art makes your life better.